Well, good evening, y'all, and happy Lord's Day. Thank you. Guys, we um, had the lights turned out because I want to have some pictures to show you for a second. Um, it is really good to be back with you guys. I know some of you may have already gotten sick, and some of you may have been in quarantine uh, for some periods of time, and um, it's just weird. <laughs> and uh, I haven't been in front of a congregation in quite a while now, so if I preach too long, <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Today we have this amazing uh, gospel reading, and I want to show you a picture of where it happened. We have the Annunciation today, right? Angel Gabriel coming to Mary, and the Word becoming flesh in the womb of Our Lady. What is it, uh, a year ago, two years ago, whenever I was in Europe, um, I was backpacking, me and my buddy were driving through Europe, and one of the places that we went to unexpectedly was the Holy House of Laredo. Um, which is the house that Mary grew up in, and it was transported, this portion of her house, three walls, were miraculously transported by angels to Italy. All kind of cool historical things about it. You can read about it, Google it if you want. It's fascinating. Um, but this is the house, and I'm sorry, with our friends over here, you won't be able to see um, the house. But uh, for those who are watching on TV, you'll be able to see the house on there. But I just want to explain it to you because I want you to have a visual of where this part of the gospel actually took place. So if you look up here, um, these walls right here, the left and the right and the back wall, are the actual walls that were transported by the angels. That front piece would have been, so this is actually the room where the angel came and oh, appeared to Our Lady. So right here, these words in Latin, going across right here, it says, the Word became flesh. Like that's, that's the spot where the Word became flesh. This is where Our Lady encountered the angel. And the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. And she conceived within her womb. And then there's the altar right there. Underneath that altar is a wooden altar right here. You can see it? That wooden altar was built by St. Peter. And it was the altar that the apostles used to celebrate Mass on. Again and again, the Word becomes flesh over and over and over in that spot through the Holy Eucharist. I was very privileged and honored to be able to celebrate the Mass right there. And I prayed for you, a parishioners of St. Thomas. I had my little backpack with your intentions right there. It's an incredible moment. But this is where this magnificent moment takes place in this holy house, and the silence in this place was deafening. It was unbelievable, the silence, and it was not intimidating. It's like you just wanted to stay there all day long because you were home. You didn't want to go anywhere. So I sat in the corner and stayed there for hours. It's an amazing experience. So I want you to picture this um, as we walk through this part of the gospel today. And y'all, there's too much to, to talk about in this gospel. Everything is happening in this gospel, right? Every word of today's gospel is dripping with theological understanding and biblical understanding and salvation history is all right here in this one encounter. For instance, there's just to show you a couple little instances, right? Every word means something in this part of the gospel, right? For instance, the Jews were waiting for the coming of the Messiah. That, we have to remember that. They were waiting for the Messiah to come. And in order for Him to come, in order for them to recognize Him, there would be signs that would point to let them know that's the guy right there. 
He's the Messiah. If he doesn't match these credentials, it's not him. Okay? So one of the things that they were waiting on was from a prophecy of Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 14, where it says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and they will name him Emmanuel. Right? So they were waiting for a virgin. So it's important that Luke says to us right here, the angel came from God to a town of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. So number one, they're waiting for a virgin. So now Luke tells us, okay, there's the virgin. This is her. Second, she's married to a man named Joseph of the house of David. Why would, why would he, uh, Luke say that? Well, because in today's first reading from 2 Samuel, there was a prophecy that the Messiah was going to come and he was going to fulfill the line of King David. He was going to have, as the prophet says, an everlasting kingdom. And so if the Messiah was not from David's family lineage, it's not him. So Luke lets us know very clear. Joseph was in the line of the great king, King David. So check. That's two checks so far. He is born of the virgin, check, and check on King David. The other thing that they were waiting on, now this one's fascinating and I wish I could get more into it, but they were waiting for the glory cloud to come back, right? Whenever they were going through the Old Testament, they were walking through the desert and they would stop with the Ark of the Covenant, all of a sudden this big cloud, almost like a tornado, would come down from the sky and overshadow, that's the word that the Old Testament used, it overshadowed the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was that box that held types of God. It was a very dwelling place, so to speak. And it would be overshadowed. But what happened was there was a great war that broke out and the prophet Jeremiah took the ark and hid it inside of a mountain. And it says in the scriptures that from that point on, um, the ark was unknown. No one knew where it was at. Right? And so in Exodus chapter 40, that's where he hides it. But it's really cool in 2 Maccabees, this is what the Jews were waiting on. The Jews were waiting for the glory cloud to appear again because it disappeared because there was no more ark, no more presence of God dwelling with his people, so no more glory cloud. But what happens is they're waiting for the ark to come back and they're waiting for the glory cloud to come back. And 2 Maccabees chapter 2 even tells us, it says that this place where the ark is at is going to be unknown until God gathers his people together again, shows them his mercy, and then the cloud will appear. The glory cloud comes back when the Ark of the Covenant shows up again. That's why Luke tells us right there that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the Jew would have been like, ding, 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 ding. Are you kidding me? Like, here's the glory cloud, and what's that mean for Mary? It means that Mary is the Ark of the New Covenant. Mary is the very dwelling place of God. Her body becomes the temple. <laughs> you get it? Like, there's so much in here, I can't even begin to explain. So that's just three words of St. Luke. And it opens up rich theological understandings. And then it continues. Now remember, it all happens right here. This conversation between the angel and Mary is going on right there. And Mary is going, how can this be? I don't know man. Right? What does Mary do in the midst of this? She, she begins having a conversation with the angel. It's amazing. 
happens right there. And so the angel begins to say, okay, look, I'm going to let you know something. Nothing's impossible with God. Your cousin, Elizabeth, she's old. She's way past childbearing ages. Right? Her body is not supposed to be able to have a kid again. Well, she never had one in the beginning. She's not supposed to be able to have a kid. And the angel tells her, so look, here's the sign. Elizabeth is six months pregnant. With who? John the Baptist? Yeah. The new Elijah. Um, she's six months pregnant. And the angel says, because nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. So I love that moment. Because now the angel and Mary has finished their conversation in this little room. And I can imagine the silence. All of salvation history is culminating in this moment in this encounter between a 14-year-old girl, virgin, and the angel Gabriel sent by God from heaven. And they stand there awaiting Mary's response. Right there. And I can only, as I sat down on the floor and I was meditating on this scene, I can only imagine what was happening in that silence as the angels in heaven were, I'm sure, holding their breath. And Mary looks at the angel. and She goes, Mary said, can we take a selfie? <laughs> I'm joking. That's not what Mary said. <laughs> what does Mary say, right? She doesn't say, um, can you give me a minute? Let me think about that. That's a really big offer you just offered me. I'm 14 years old. I'm kind of overwhelmed, all right? You're asking me to become the mother of God? Are you kidding me? Like, can I go talk to my spiritual director first and discern this for a little while? Oh, wait, how about I go check with Joseph? He's got to be okay with it. No, this was a decision that a 14-year-old girl had to make that salvation history hinged upon. And Mary says, right there, Behold, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Be it done to me according to your word. All of heaven waited for Mary's yes. Her fiat, we call it. They waited for that yes. For the Messiah to come. For the Word to become flesh. For the God Himself to take flesh of her flesh and bone of her bones. And God became man right there in that spot. It is significant that in that spot there's the wooden altar that Peter built. And him and the apostles would begin celebrating Mass on that altar shortly after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. Why? Because it's at that altar and at this altar, every single Mass, the Word becomes flesh. We get to receive Jesus again in the Holy Eucharist over and over and over. Imagine the moment that Mary was able to receive Jesus in the Holy Eucharist again and again and again at the hand of the apostles and receive her Son in such a powerful way in her body once more. We get to have that gift. Every day, if we want it, every weekend, Jesus present in the Holy Eucharist. The Word becomes flesh for us. 
And the Lord waits for our yes, like He did with Mary. Like, what's going on in our world today, our life today, that God is presenting to you for His will to be done? It's in the little things. It might be in the things of like, Christmas isn't going to look the same this year because our whole family can't gather. Can we accept that as God's will in our life right now? Can we just give our yes? Maybe God's changing your job and maybe things are going to be a little bit different. Maybe you've got to move away or, or maybe God's calling you into some new areas of life. Can we just say, yes, Lord, your will be done? And see, notice Mary didn't say, yes, once I understand what you're really asking me to do. Then I'm going to say yes. Right? No, Mary said yes without knowing. Because why? Because she knew that God is a God of impossibilities. And He's a God that's faithful. And no matter what she was going to say yes to, God was going to be faithful to see her all the way through it. And that's the good news for us today. Right? Because Mary said yes to bring forth the Savior of the world, we have a Savior. So no matter what we face in our daily lives, sickness, our health, our work, our family situations, whatever it might be, we have a God, we have Jesus who is Savior of the world and is going to be with us all the way through. Amen? So this is what we come to celebrate today. This beautiful moment in Mass Day where the Word will become flesh. He won't look like God as He didn't look like God whenever He became flesh and blood in the womb of Our Lady. Um, but He's going to be hidden as He was hidden there. He'll be hidden under the form of bread and wine. But fully God, as He was there in that sacred moment when the angel Gabriel came. Right? So this is what we get to encounter. This is how we get to prepare for only three, four days away we celebrate that great mystery once again. And so let us enter into this Mass with a whole heart and ask Our Lady to help us to say yes to God's will in our life and to fully receive Jesus today in the Holy Eucharist in a new way. Amen?